Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Wood Talk, for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who like to use a lot of words, yet say nothing at all. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 271 for September 4th, 2015. On today's show, we're talking about some of your finishing goof-ups. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about an important sale happening over at Brusso Hardware. You've heard us talk about Brusso and their exceptional hinges in the past. Perhaps you even went to Brusso.com and balked at the price. After all, top-quality, American-made hardware doesn't come cheap, especially when you can run around the corner to the home store and pick up a set of cheap, stamped hinges for just a few bucks. But I'm here to tell you, my friends, if you can just get a pair of these hinges in your hot little hands, you'd understand exactly why they're worth every penny. In fact, Brusso is so confident in their products that they're drastically reducing the price of two of their most popular hinges just so you can try them out. Between September 21st and September 28th, you can pick up a pair of JB101 stop hinges or CB301 butt hinges for just 10 bucks. That's over 50% off. These hinges are perfect for a small decorative box project where anything less than the top quality hardware just looks like an eyesore. Go to brusso.com slash sale for all the details and see what it's all about. The sale runs between September 21st and the 28th, so you don't want to miss it. And while you might not use Brusso hinges on every project, you'll be hard-pressed to find anything better when it comes time to make your next heirloom, commissioned, or plain old important project to the next level. This sale isn't likely to happen again anytime soon, so don't miss your opportunity. Awesome hardware, 10 bucks. brusso.com slash sale. So this is our final vacation show, and we'll be back to our normal schedule on September 14th. All right, let's get into it. Nick wrote in first here. He says, I have a door that was lacquered, and the finishes become hazy. I believe it was caused by a cleaner of some sort. Is there any way to repair the hazy top coat without refinishing? 
Well, with something like a lacquer, one of the great things about it is that lacquer thinner can sort of remelt that surface, reactivate it. So one of the tricks that you can do when there is some haziness like that is to actually spray it with a little bit of lacquer thinner. The thinner hits the surface and it sort of, like I said, reactivates it, remelts it, and gives it an opportunity to reform. And sometimes that can fix problems, not always. You know, it's not a sure thing, um, but it's, it's hard to tell exactly what the nature of the haziness is. But that's the first thing I would try and it just might work out for you. Next up, we've got a question from Rob. He says, I recently built a cedar end table for our outdoor patio. I tried to finish it by making my own oil varnish blend with Eagle Parts BLO, uh, that's boiled linseed oil, mineral spirits, and poly. Because I'm an idiot, I bought water-based poly, and while confused that it wouldn't mix, I went ahead and applied several coats anyway. It's been two days, and the surface is still tacky. Is there anything I can do to save this table aside from taking it back down to bare wood? Well, there's a lesson for you folks. You know, when you mix stuff and things don't do what they're supposed to do, don't just put it on your project. I, that's, I think one of the big problems with finishing is people are so anxious to just get it done and over with and move on uh, that they do things like this. And it, it kind of bugs me because finishing is part of the project. And I think mentally, a lot of us detach the finishing as something like it's almost someone else's problem. I've done the, the you know, the hard work. I built this thing. <laughs> but the reality is you can actually totally screw up all of your work by putting on a bad finish and ending up in a situation like this. So uh, own the finishing process if you can, please. Uh, So for Rob's situation here, when you're mixing the water and oil-based components, honestly, who the heck knows chemically what's going on there at this point? If it's a sticky mess, chances are it's going to be problematic and it is worth, in my opinion, stripping that stuff off of there, scraping it off, sanding it off, whatever it takes. Obviously, sanding at this point is just going to gum up the sandpaper. So I would probably get a, a decent stripper on there and get the gunk off and start over with the finishing process. I really think that's your best course of action in this situation. Sheldon wrote in and said, I finished a walnut tabletop with armor seal wiping varnish. I followed instructions from Mark's rubbing out video, ha, and Flexner's finishing book to level the finish and rub it out. I've done a third of the tabletop in a few spots uh, still to be done using slightly soapy water and 400 grit wet, wet dry sandpaper. For the most part, it looks good, except in a few small spots, there's tiny white streaks showing up. They don't wipe away after cleaning the surface, including wiping it with mineral spirits. What the heck? Any suggestions? Here's uh, some pictures. So I actually haven't even seen these pictures, but um, sometimes (laughs) when an email gets put into our spreadsheet, pictures get lost in the shuffle. Anyway, uh, so, you know, something like this, rubbing out a finish, it really... It really depends on what you're using as your uh, film top coat, because in this case, Armor Seal is a diluted varnish. Now, while you can rub out a varnish, it's really not the best material just because in general, it's a little bit softer, which is one of the things that gives varnish and polyurethane its durability is the fact that it does have a little bit of a, a softness to it that allows it to flex under pressure and dents and things like that. It's really the harder finishes that are the best at being rubbed out to a high gloss. So I like to think of finishes as sort of a candy analogy where your uh, taffies and things like that correspond to uh, your polyurethane and your varnish finishes. And then the hard candy in the brittle candy is the stuff that corresponds to your lacquers, your shellacs. And those are the ones that rub out the best to a real high shine. Just imagine trying to shine up some taffy, right? It's not going to work. So the more it heats up, the more it can kind of flex and move around. So not the best material to start with, but it can be done. The problem I have here with Sheldon's situation is he's using armor seal that's pre-diluted. 
So that means you're getting about 50% of the actual solids on the surface with each coat. And varnish is just layer upon layer, as opposed to something like lacquer and shellac that tends to bind to previous coats, giving you one, uh, one sort of cohesive thick layer that you could then use for this rubbing out process. So I think armor seal might be part of the problem here. Each layer is a little bit too thin. So if he's doing the rubbing out process, which is simply abrading the surface to get it nice and smooth and uniform, he might be burning through those thin layers and exposing layers underneath. And those little hazy spots could very well be uh, what you might call witness marks, witness lines, as you're burning from one layer of finish into the other. So my suggestion would be, uh, if you're going to use this type of material, you may not want to use armor seal. You may want to switch to something that is not a wiping formula, a full strength varnish, layering a thick coat down so that when you start the rubbing out process, you're less likely to burn through that layer. Okay, so now recoating with some varnish could very well hide some of those witness lines. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's worth a shot. But I would probably uh, let that surface dry, cure up for a little bit, and then go to a full strength polyurethane. Even brush it on so you get a nice deep layer the way the manufacturer typically explains how you should apply it. Follow those uh, instructions and build up your coats that way. Uh, but get a good coat of finish on there before you do this process, and it should turn out a little bit better for you. So the next question is something of a twofer from both uh, Derek and Nathan. Very similar questions. Derek asks, at what point is a poly finish no good to use? I had a small can of General Finishes Armor Seal that was about half full. Hey, he's optimistic. I like that. I opened it and dumped about half of a cup into a secondary container and then immediately sealed the can. The next day, I opened the can again and there was a small uh, film of finish starting to form in the can. Can I just remove the film and use the finish? Do I need to add mineral spirits to replace anything that might have cured? Or is it too far gone at this point and unfit for use? Obviously, if there's more hard cured finish than liquid in the can, it's too far gone. But is there a middle ground that finish can be salvaged and still used? Now, Nathan's question is, uh, it seems that every time I buy a new can of Armor Seal, that's a popular uh, thing to talk about today, huh? For 18 bucks at Woodcraft for a project, I use about half of it uh, for whatever I'm working on and store the other half for another project. And lo and behold, the next time I go to use it, invariably there's a thick rubbery disc at the bottom of the can. My guess is that there's a that that's the varnish, and I'm now left with an oil finish plus some solvents. My question is how to prevent this, specifically if possible, and about your recommendations for storing open finishing products more broadly. So we have a couple things to address here. First, is the material still good to use? Well, the only way to know absolutely for sure is to take a little bit of it, put it on a piece of scrap, and make sure it cures properly, because that's going to be the problem. If it doesn't set up and cure properly, you could have an issue. But when you see that little solid clump there, if we're talking about armor seal specifically, that is not just oil and solvent left over. That's actually just the same material that you had before. It's just uncured uh, diluted varnish mixture. All right, so that little clump is cured varnish, and the rest of it still can technically be used. Just make sure that it's uh, you know not too thick. You could apply it if you need to thin it a little bit, because sometimes that uh, leftover material does start to thicken up because it's on its way to being a cured material. So you want to make sure that uh, it still is spreadable. So you may have to dilute it for that reason, but you're not going to dilute it to replace anything necessarily. You just want to get ahead of this curing process and get it on the surface as soon as possible but it is a bad sign once that stuff starts to cure in the can. So yeah, get rid of that clump, test a little bit on scrap, make sure it cures up, but use it as soon as possible because it is on its way out. 
Okay, now how do you avoid this from happening uh, in the first place? Well, you know, putting the lid back on and, you know, not wasting much time there because, of course, it's the air and the oxygen getting into that can that's causing the premature curing. Um, That's a good start, but there's still air left in the can. All right, so depending on the age of the material, that could really accelerate the process and cause you problems. So a couple things you can do. Traditionally, you could, like if you have one of those cans that's actually thin enough uh, walled material that you can squeeze it, you can you can do that. You could squeeze the can to get the air out, bring the liquid right near the lid, put the lid back on, and you've now just minimized the actual amount of oxygen that the material has exposure to. You can also fill a can with marbles. I've seen, uh, this is an old school trick. You take a bag of marbles, put it in there, raises the liquid level, and you've essentially reduced, again, the amount of oxygen on top of that finish. You can also use products to help with this. Something like Bloxygen is an inert gas that you could spray that's heavier than air, pushes the air out of the can, leaves that inert layer of gas on top, pop the lid on, and that should extend the life. And then there's also something fairly new that I've come across, and that's called Stop Loss Bags. These bags are available at stoplossbags.com. You can also get them on, I think Lee Valley is carrying them now. And I've used them in the shop a couple times. Picture, you know, those little um, pouches that kids eat like applesauce and stuff from. It's basically giant versions of that. So you put your leftover finish into the bag with a funnel. There's no air in there. And so far, I've been using one for some uh, marine varnish that I've had around. It seems to work fairly well. All right, so you are putting out a little bit more money for these bags, but they do look to be durable enough to reuse, try to rinse them out, and then use them again for another finish later. Uh, So that's a really good option, I think, as well. Um, But ultimately, you just got to prevent the air from getting to the finish to prevent it from curing early. So that's about it. Relatively short show here today, but again, we'll be back to our regular programming next week. I hope you guys have a wonderful Labor Day, and I've got to get back to my screaming kid in the other room and make some rotisserie chicken. I'm also making ribs, so it's going to be a feast today, I tell you that. All right, have a great one, everyone. Talk to you later. All right. Hey, folks, do you have a comment, a question, a topic suggestion? There's several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Online. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at kickback at woodtalkshow.com or leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's shows or previous episodes, you're going to find those over at woodtalkshow.com. 